live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. We need as much money as we can. This is the Press Box. The age difference on this show. With Grady and Bischoff. I'm glad you're the one that went in on the details of how my No, come on, I'm feral. Here we go. It's a Friday. Ed, Tyler, Jared running the show. End of the week. Don't forget about that eleven hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're giving. We're trying to give away eleven hundred. Yeah, we're trying to give away eleven. Tyler quickly re-adds it to. Don't them. forget eleven hundred bucks. Like seven forty, seven forty-five. Be ready to call in and be ready to pick the winners of some NFL games for once. People this is an struggling. all-time record. People are struggling. Is it? I think we went zero yeah. three last week. Yeah. Like, I, I, have we had more people go zero and three than two and one again? No, no, we've had, we've had a lot of people go two and one. Okay, because there was a year. I mean, it may have been last year where it was like we have more people going zero and three than no, we do. Trevor was the only one to go zero and three so far this year, um, but nobody has gone two and one since week five. I told you before the all time. Well, the record with Clay and I was nine hundred. Yeah, nine hundred bucks. We're blowing past Someone that. Fly, it's not even close right now. Eleven hundred on the line. So seven forty ish. We got eleven hundred dollars. Call in. You're gonna have to be a certain caller, and then you're gonna have to pick the winner of three NFL games. And if you do that, you'll win eleven hundred dollars. If you fail like the first ten people, we'll try to do it next week with twelve hundred dollars. If it gets up to seventeen, we should just take caller six. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if they fail, if someone fails when it gets to seventeen. I mean, I think that's divisible by three. <laughs> I think that's illegal, Jared. <laughs> I don't think that can happen. Uh, oh, all right. The first bite. The first bite is brought to you by nobody. Which coach is having a worse season? Nathaniel Hackett or Josh McDaniels? Is this a trick question? You can vote on this poll. At oh, ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> this is a trick question because there's not a right answer. Not a right. Well, <laughs> there might be a right answer. It might be given what they did in the offseason and the expectations of them. Josh McDaniels. They are two and seven. The Broncos are three and six. Let me ask it to you this way. Short term. Which one of these teams do you believe can make the playoffs this year? The Raiders. Really? Yeah. Oof. With the yeah, with the Russell Wilson and the way he's playing. And See, it's not like Derek Carr is playing great. I would go Denver simply because of that stat from earlier in the week that if the Broncos scored eighteen points in every single game, they'd be eight and one. Like okay, D- but Denver has one side of the ball figured out. Right. They, they have yeah. one unit that is really good. The offense is just atrocious. Like might be worse than the league. But all they have to do is score 18 points, and they're probably going to win a lot no, of games. All they have to do. <laughs> they can't do it. They though. can't do it. They can't. The Raiders, like, the Raiders' offense isn't awful, but it's also not great. It's not as good as the Denver defense is good. So I think I would go Denver just because all if they can score three touchdowns in any given game, they're probably going to win. It's, it's, that's how good their defense is. So I'd go Denver. Denver's more likely to make the postseason right now just because of that. And I'd have to double-check this. I believe they have an easier schedule the rest of the way, too. Raiders' schedule yeah, to, to close it out is rather difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. Which this means, was, this was the easy part of the schedule right. that they were going to get a bunch of wins in. 
do, do you guys want to hear? All right, maybe I can I can play it later. Later, but I have some sound from local, uh, local Denver radio discussing the state of Russell Wilson's mind. That is mind. Pretty delightful. Helps if I have the pot turned on. I'm not good at my job. Probably over the last two, three weeks, you've had Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett have their first real marital problems, uh, disagreements on on the philosophy of the offense. Uh, and there's so, there's been some behind-the-scenes conversations about those disagreements, about how they should be calling plays. More concerning to me, though, Russell is losing his mind out there. He's losing his mind. He, he's at the line of scrimmage using audibles from, from the Seahawks. The guys don't oh. know what the audibles are. I, I mean, he, he's using code words. The, the guys don't know what the code words From are. The last offense, and, and they're coming back to the huddle, and they're like, "Dude, what are you what are you saying up there? We don't know what the play. We don't know what that is." He, he he's 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 losing his mind right now. That was Tyler Columbus from ninety two five. Wait, in Denver, it took this long. <laughs> took this long for, for Hackett and Wilson not to be on the same page. Did anyone watch games <laughs> early in the season? <laughs> Is he actually calling audibles from Seattle? I hope because that would be absolutely awesome if he was calling well, like different words like, like how does that red com- orange and like what the hell is red orange? How does that conversation go? Like if he's at the line of scrimmage, the play clock's down to five. He yells out something from when he was in Seattle and everybody looks at him like, what the hell are you talking about? And then they don't do anything good on the play and they come to the sideline. What is that conversation? Like, does Tyler Lockett it's, or DK Metcalf run up and be like, Russ, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, what do you mean? You're supposed to run this route. And like, like the, are the receivers now confused? Because they're like, wait, did we go over that? And I missed it. I assume based on the person reporting it, who's a former offensive lineman, he was talking about like, Russ is trying to change the protections at the line. And all the offensive linemen are like, Okay, these have to be dummy calls. Where it's, we'll just it's, stay with what we're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, because he this is this is like when Peyton used to yell Omaha. Everybody just just do what you're supposed to yeah. do. That's great though. If he's yelling out Seattle audibles, if he's oh, like, and they have no, they'd have no clue what he's talking about. If he gets into a mode where like the play clock's under ten, and suddenly he just reverts back to everything he did in Seattle, that's kind of right, funny. I mean, Funny and you'd worry about him a little. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean a little bit, a little bit. Start worrying kind of about funny. Him a little. So, on the coaching side of this, all right, hold on. I asked you short term. If I asked you long term, not this year, but which coach do you believe you could win a Super Bowl with? Would you pick McDaniel's or Hackett? McDaniel's. I'd pick McDaniel's, given what I've seen from Hackett and the play calling and the, and the nonsense offensively. I don't know that McDaniels is ever going to build a roster good enough to win a Super Bowl. And well, I he, don't know if Nathaniel Hackett's ever going to call a play good enough to yeah, win a Super Bowl. You were the one who said that Josh McDaniels hasn't made like egregious coaching errors, such as not calling a timeout when you literally all you need to do is call a freaking timeout. He he hasn't been awful, but it's the roster when he was in Denver, he had full control of the roster and was bad at it was really bad at it. And now, granted, his buddy Dave Ziegler is here as the general manager. I'm assuming McDaniels has some input on what their roster decisions are. Yeah, I assume he's asked about it. They've missed on everything. So that's one stint in Denver and now one offseason in Vegas where McDaniels doesn't know what he's doing when he's building a roster. Now, Hackett, I don't believe Hackett had much say in what the Denver roster is, and he's been such a disaster as an actual 
game, game manager. managing head coach. Yeah, game manager. That it's very hard to see that uh, coming true. But I feel like Hackett could maybe not screw up a great roster that somebody else puts together, whereas McDaniels is going to have say in the roster and is probably going to screw it up. Well, if, you, if you told me McDaniels had no say in the roster and he just showed up on Sundays to coach, then I'd go with McDaniels for sure. But until McDaniels is like relieved of roster decision making, he's never putting together a team that can do that. Well, I don't know if he's. I think Dave Ziegler's putting together the team. Oh, that guy's not very good at it I either. Mean, apparently, I think Dave Ziegler's putting together the team. And I mean, I'm sure he asked McDaniels, "Hey, Josh, I'm going to move on this guy, or we're going to get this guy." But my guess is McDaniels would agree more than not. Yeah, I think that's that. I mean, we got those quotes from Josh McDaniels about how they were in sync with most of their decisions right. and, and thought the same way about a lot of players or whatever it was. Um, so the interesting part between McDaniels and Hackett though, or at least I, what I think is the biggest difference here, because they've both been atrocious, the quarterback situation, and maybe this is where McDaniels deserves a little bit of credit. The quarterback situation is extremely different for these two. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett's probably going to get fired because the Broncos can't get rid of Russell Wilson because of the contract they gave Russell Wilson. They're married to Russell Wilson for like at least three seasons and two more years, maybe even more than that. I don't know exactly what the, the dead money is and all that, but it might even be more, but at least three seasons of Russell Wilson. Whereas maybe the one thing they did right in the off season, the Raiders can get out of Derek Carr's contract at the end of this season. Right, they the guaranteed money was for one year, and then they'd have to basically pick it up in the off season. So McDaniel's can look around and tell his owner, "Well, this didn't work out, but I can bring in a new quarterback, and we can try with somebody right. else." Hackett can't say that. Hackett's like, "Well, this didn't work. You guys got to run it back again next yeah, year with, with me the and same Russ. guy." And in either, like, if both teams end up, you know, finishing where they are, right, third and fourth in the AFC West with six wins or something like that neither one's going to be sane to run it back. Neither one's going to be like, oh yeah, bring me back the head coach and the quarterback of that. So somebody's going to be gone in either scenario. And in both situations, um, it'll be different because one quarterback is sort of locked in and one quarterback can be moved on from at that point. Yeah, I think, go ahead. Oh, my bad. I thought you had something. No, not at all. I'm setting up the show. I thought you had something. I thought, I think Nathaniel Hackett's, Easily the first one to go before Josh McDaniel. I don't. We've talked about it. How did Frank on the show that he could go two and fifteen, and I think he's fine. I think he's fine for next year. Man, two and fifteen is going to be so ugly. He's it's going to be two and so he's not ugly going two and if they're two and fifteen. Right. I don't think he is either, but I also didn't think they'd be two and seven right now. Right, two and fifteen would just it. Like I know we've gotten Mark Davis saying it. There's been lots of logical reasons as to why maybe he doesn't have enough money, doesn't want to pay John Gruden and Josh McDaniels and a third coach. I I get it, but two and fifteen is going to be really toxic. Like Raiders, just Raider fans. If this team's two and fifteen, because here's the thing: if they're two and fifteen, that means we're getting three, four, five, six more ugly losses. We're getting more like seventeen nothing blown leads. We're I think getting, two like, and fifteen. I think two and fifteen. The fans would quickly turn to what quarterback are we getting, and get excited about one of those three quarterbacks in the draft. The, okay, here's the thing: two and fifteen. You have to be really delicate as a head coach or an owner or GM to to work around this. Two and fifteen should be the goal the rest of the season. Uh-huh. The best case scenario right now for the Raiders is finishing yes. two and fifteen. Yes. Now. 
you can't have a head. We just saw the no, Dolphins get punished that. for it, but you can't have a head coach or a GM or an owner being like, we got to lose some games, baby, right? You're right. going to get in trouble for that. But that's the best case scenario. And if that, if the meetings from here on out between McDaniels and Mark Davis were about, all right, how do we get the best draft pick possible? That'd be the smartest thing to do. Yeah. I don't think that's happening, though. I think Mark Davis. No. I think Mark Davis is desperate for a seven and ten season. I think they're winning. I mean, they're not going two and fifteen. They're not going two and fifteen. They're going to win. Some so games. my per- my prediction is just suddenly invalidated. I'd say two wins, and that prediction is still alive. You said that this week. They haven't played a game <laughs> since you predicted that. How would that How, not be I, alive? Facts are facts. <laughs> How quickly did the numbers get erased on the board? Tyler kept them. Oh no, they they got erased because Ari erases everything unless we had unless we like specifically don't erase. Yeah, do not erase this Ari. Man, what a great game this is going to be on Sunday. Did you see Nathaniel Hackett's quote? Somebody's got to win it. <laughs> yes, it is and absolutely I've finishing fifteen fifteen lo- tie. I've oh. already started looking up Scorigami ties. <laughs> we are absolutely getting fifteen fifteen tie. The Raiders kick five field goals. Denver with a touchdown, two touchdowns, and one two point conversion, or something like that. Because I saw that sound in the rundown, I was desperately searching for the Jay Gruden sound of him going, well, I guess it wasn't a loss, but it's not really a win. I don't really know how to feel about it. I didn't even know you could do it. A tie would feel right, by the way. Oh, between these two teams, of course. Yes. Yeah. And somehow Nathaniel Hackett makes a terrible decision in overtime that cost his team a win. I don't know what it is. Maybe he punts instead of kicks like a 42-yard field goal, something like that. But it'd be great. You're going to this game. Yeah. Man, you got to be excited. Leave tomorrow. Oh, I'm fired up. <laughs> fired up to watch this. How many how many total wins will the Steelers and Raiders have when you cover that game over Christmas weekend? Six, seven? Seven. Seven? Going to be like a four-win four win. and a three-win yeah. team? Oh, man. Great way to spend your Christmas. Coming yeah. up next, can you and LB basketball stay undefeated tonight? Keyshawn lays it off the glass. No good. Rebound to David Mawoka. Gives the ball to Rodriguez. David with a great offensive rebound there. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Ed, is UNLV going to remain undefeated tonight against High Point? They probably should, but Cal Baptist beat Washington last night. There's buy games losing everywhere. There's I've never seen so many buy teams that get money to come in and lose who've won tonight. So, or excuse me, won this season. So, they should win. But like, if you know, if I click the score and they've lost, like I'm not going to fall over. This is a weird season. There's a lot of underdogs winning. So, high points three and zero. Can't tell you who they've played. You can probably tell me who they played. It's Lee's McCray and Pfeiffer. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Pfizer. They yeah. played the vaccine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I I think UNLV should win, but again, crazy things are happening this this basketball season. I think it's uh, Florida State and Louisville have combined to lose five bye games yeah, already think this about season. That. Louisville's and just they've lost all by, by one point. They're, yeah, they're I a think mess. The ACC's lost a total of nine bye games. Yeah, think about that. Uh, and then the Pac-12's been worse. I think they've lost they lost to like three whack schools or something like that. Like the it's been pretty brutal. Uh, here's. Here's the interesting part about UNLV basketball tonight. What we've seen from three games is a really good defensive team. And they force a lot of turnovers. They do not give up very many layups. And they do a pretty good job of not fouling a lot. 
But offensively, UNLV is not that good. Their shooting hasn't been very good. They haven't done a very good job of getting to the rim. The main thing they've done on offense is they get to the free throw line a lot. Uh, Oh, and they turn the ball over a lot, too. I'm curious to see what type of team gives UNLV problems. And I wonder if it's exactly what high point is. Because high point so far this season is shooting 37.5% from three as a team. And they shoot 27 threes per game. And that includes uh, a six foot seven power forward that's shooting 38% from three. They're most likely going to have four shooters on the floor for the majority of the game. UNLV's defense is a very aggressive in the help side. They uh, they'll double the post. They'll send a help side defender. Anytime somebody gets close to the paint, they want to prevent layups. But as a result, they give up threes. Uh, last year, they gave up the 66th most threes per uh, in the country. This year, they're already allowing the 81st most threes per game in the country. So the, the defensive style that UNLV plays is going to give up three-pointers. High point shoots a lot. High point's going to have four shooters on the floor. I wonder if this is the type of game that UNLV yeah, could, might be. Depends, could lose. Depends on how high point shoots, though, on the road. Right. You know, I mean... We'll see how, you know, 37.5% from three. We'll see if they, if they shoot 38% from three, I'd imagine they have a good chance to win the game. Yeah. You don't you don't trust their numbers against Pfeiffer and Lees McCray, though? No. Vaccine's <laughs> got tough D. They did. They played one Division One team this year, and it was Wofford, uh, and they beat them by 11. And Wofford's in the top 200 at Ken Palm, so that's not like a completely atrocious team that they right. put on the schedule. It's a decent, fine, whatever level of team. So... I again, I'm curious to see what type of team gives UNLV trouble. I think UNLV is going to you know UNLV is going to play a lot of games where they look like they're in trouble because they're not going to score enough yeah, points to truly score. dominate. So there's going to be a lot of teams that appear to give UNLV trouble, but I think there's a chance that teams that want to shoot threes that come in here are the ones that could be they, they could upset UNLV uh, because on the flip side, can UNLV shoot? <laughs> not from what I saw the other night in the first half. Now the second half, they were lot, yeah, they were a lot better in the second half. But if that's what they are for the most part in the first half, then I'd say they can't shoot very well. They were, and here's the funny part about that: the second half where they shot better, they were only five of fourteen, which is thirty six percent from three. Well, for them, right? Like that's that's like just above average, and that's like the good half of the season for UNLV basketball. I don't know who the good shooters on this team are, right? Elijah Harkless took 10 threes in the last game. He made three of them, but he's a career 33% shooter, right? Like that's just who he is. There's a big sample size on Harkless and him being about an average shooter. Keyshawn Gilbert's actually, he was two or three in that game. He's seven of 10 on the year now. He was only seven of 25 last year. He's certainly taken on an increased role in terms of shooting. Maybe Keyshawn Gilbert's a good three pointer, mm-hmm. three point shooter. We just didn't see very much of it last year. Outside of that, Jackie Johnson should be better, but he's two of fourteen this year. Luis Rodriguez didn't shoot threes at Ole Miss, and we're seeing why. He's one of thirteen on the season. Uh, Eli Parquet probably shouldn't shoot many threes. He hasn't made one, and Justin Webster, who probably projects as the best three point shooter, he's only taken three and and made one of them. So. I don't know where UNLV gets its shooting from. They're not their their style is not going to need them to make a bunch of threes, 
but they can't have they'll probably lose a lot of games if they go, you know, two of 18 from three. They're going to have to be at least closer to average to actually pull off a, a really good season and a really good run to the NCAA tournament. Not really good at percentage shots at the rim. Oh, they do, they do not get to the rim. 285, yeah. which they is They get fouled not a lot. They yeah. do. They <laughs> are one of... They, yeah, they, they do. They are one of... Let's see. What's their free throw rate? They are sixth in the country in free throw rate. So Attempts? No, no. That's your percentage of possessions that finish in a free throw. Oh, okay. So... It, it's adjusted for teams that play really fast versus teams that play really slow. Um, but yeah, they, they have gotten to the line a lot. Some of that is playing Incarnate Word and Southern, <laughs> right? who can't defend UNLV without fouling. Uh, but they did shoot a good amount of free throws against Dayton, too. It was, so it's not like that went away. They took 22 against Dayton. So that didn't go away. Here's the problem. They only made 13 against Dayton. They were 59% from the free throw line against Dayton. So... Are they a good free throw shooting team? That might be another conversation we have, but it's a, it's a rough offense. And I think, okay, here's, I think the big point for their game against high point tonight, because UNLV's offense struggles so much because they don't get to the rim very easily. And because they're not a good three point shooting team, they're very unlikely to blow a lot of teams out. Right? So what that means is when they play a team like high point, that's going to put four shooters on the floor and shoots well as a team from three shoots a lot from three, that's going to be a potential upset because if high point has even just a half, if high point goes like nine of 14 from three in the first half, UNLV is probably losing by double digits because UNLV is probably not scoring enough points to keep up with a hot shooting team in one half. Now, if it's only for a half, I trust that UNLV can make up a 10 point deficit against. They did the other night. Yeah. They just did it against against Dayton or yeah, against Dayton. But if it continues for more than a half for a team like High Point, then UNLV probably loses. Like if a team just goes nuts from three, UNLV probably loses. Which is, to be fair, the case for most teams. But there's just no way. It's hard to see UNLV in a shootout, right? It's hard right. to see. Oh, right. High Point's drilling threes. UNLV's UNLV got the has answer. to win seventy four seventy. Right. God, that's not even a high score either. <laughs> no, but UNLV for them, to, we we need them to start hacking us. <laughs> UNLV's points per game this year, 66 against Southern, 88 against Incarnate Ward. Incarnate Ward's very, very bad. And 60 against Dayton. That's probably going to be what they need. That's probably all they're going to need to win a lot of these games, though. Oh, man. What a 60 to 56. By the way, they snuck into the top uh, 100 in Ken Palm. They're 99th. All right. Top 100! So coupling their wins with literally all of the teams in college basketball ranked like 50th to 150th, losing to terrible teams. They're just moving up. All you got to do, maybe Kevin Kruger was smart to not schedule any good teams because if they just beat all the bad teams, they're just going to keep going because everybody else keeps losing. And all the bad teams will have quality wins because (laughs) they randomly won their bye game. All right, coming up next, the Golden Knights got back to winning ways by beating the Coyotes last night. Well, I mean, that first game's tough, especially coming back from the East. The time zone's different. You feel like you're playing the game at 10 o'clock at night. Um, it's hard to get adjusted. Um, it's easier going east because, you know, the game if it starts at 7 o'clock there. It feels like you're playing a 4 o'clock game. You're still fresh. You're into it. Um, it's a little tougher when you come home, but uh, you can kind of expect that. Uh, but we had a good push in the third against St. Louis, and I thought we really got back to our game. And then the San Jose game, I, I don't know, having a... I don't have an answer for you there. We just didn't play our game. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. 
You could win $15,000. ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy, are trying to give you 15000 bucks. That could be rent or mortgage for a year. All you got to do is go to lvsportsnetwork.com to enter, and you could win 15000 bucks from ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. That's lvsportsnetwork.com. You must be 18 years or older to enter, and all contest rules are at lvsportsnetwork.com. Dot com. Also, coming up in about 10 minutes, somebody is going to have a chance at winning $1,100 bucks, uh, thanks to Friday Football Frenzy from Dollar Loan Center. We're going to have three NFL games for you to pick from. Uh, the Golden Knights won last night. Snapped their two-game losing streak. It's not fair. What, playing the Coyotes? Yeah, it's not fair for the Coyotes to play anyone right now. <laughs> you know what I thought yesterday? I was like, you know... They shouldn't count games against the Coyotes in the standings. Yeah. They should just throw those out. But the Coyotes have won six games this year. Who the hell has that team beat this season? They've done it six times. They're they're six nine and one. They're not good, but six, I thought we were getting like a two twelve and two team. Yeah, they're six nine and one, and they're always on the road. Yeah, well, that too. What Feel is it? A 14, 14, 14 straight, straight on the road, road right now. Yeah, that's fun. Man, that, is that good for your free agent pitch? Yes, <laughs> we're going to play in a 5,000 seat college arena. You won't have a locker room and you'll never have a home game, but we're also going to start the year playing like 20 of our first 25 <laughs> on, on the, the road. road because we got to build a locker room next to this college arena. Um, despite the six wins, Coyotes are 31st in Corsi and 32nd in expected goals this season. Like their analytic numbers suggest they're the worst team in this sport. And they looked like it last night. They were they, they were very good. That team's not good at all. They seemed angry though. There was uh, who was it? Um, <laughs> Gost is bare for the Coyotes. There was a play. The Golden Knights got a two on one breakaway because Shane Gost is bare. One of the Coyotes had the puck on the blue line and just lost it. Wasn't under any pressure. He just lost the puck all by himself at the blue line, and the Golden Knights got a two on one. They didn't score on it, but it's like. These are plays that I don't know. I expect your thirteen-year-old kid to right, make when right, playing hockey. Right? Like, ah, oh, yeah, he just kind of tripped over himself because yeah, he he's not very over. good at skating. Exactly. Well, this is an NHL player. Just hold the puck at the blue line, and he just lost it. Just gave it away. Like, here you go. Here's a two-on-one the other way. Team's not very good. Um, here's some fun facts, though. Alex Petrangelo. This is from Darren Millard on the pregame show. He scored the first home goal by a defenseman this season. It's surprising. Yeah. We, it's surprising. They haven't had a lot of defensemen. They don't have goals. a ton of, yeah, they have, the defensemen haven't scored a lot yeah. anyway. It's been like Shea Theodore's had some. Petrangelo has a lot of assists this season, but they haven't really gotten many goals from the blue line, which is, I'll say this. If we had gone back to the beginning of the season and you told me that they were going to struggle with defensemen scoring, I would have said, well, they're going to struggle with scoring, period, because they don't right. have enough between their forwards. Right. But they've gotten goals from, Will Carey has four goals this season. After scoring last night, his career high is nine on the year. By last the way, year, he's got more than Phil Kessel. Um, but Will Carrier scoring goals like it's phenomenal that the Golden Knights have been able to be this good without, you know, Theodore Petrangelo having monster years right. in terms of goal scoring production, because there's nothing really on the third and fourth line. You look at and say, oh, they're going to score goals, but they've gotten some decent production. Um, also, did you like Mark Stone batting the puck out of midair? Well, it's Lindsay. Lindsay tweeted right away. That's why you have Mark Stone in front of the net. I mean, I also thinking of things. I play, the thing we came back with was labeled Mark Stone on momentum 
And I was hoping that we, we would come back he with... He didn't even say momentum I in know. that quote. That's, yeah, whoever labeled these sucks. Get them out of here. Uh, here's what I've thought in hockey. After seeing Mark Stone's goal, hockey needs some uh, form of a jugs machine that sort of shoots pucks up near the goal and everybody's got to go practice swatting them into the net like Mark Stone did last night. They need to practice that. I don't think that exists. What if they had a real jugs machine on the ice at practice yes. at City National? Just and feeding and feeding it and feeding pucks into it instead of footballs. To be fair, you probably don't need the jugs machine because you don't need the puck coming at you at sixty miles an hour. Like Mark Stone's goal last night was just sort of floating up in the air. You could, actually you almost just need soft toss. Like baseball and yeah. softball, yeah. just soft toss. Just yeah. a coach on a knee right next to the goal. Yes. Just, just tossing the fluttering tossing the pucks puck. up. Hey, yes. Smack, this, smack in. this in. Here's the other key with doing that. You have to avoid high sticking it. Right? If the puck's right. above what your shoulders or the goal or the crossbar, you can't hit it. You gotta wait for it to come back right. down. So there there's some skill there involved to not get called for high sticking. It needs to be practiced a little bit. There's pucks floating around all the time up there. You gotta go in and get it. And I don't feel like do they ever practice that? How do you get good at that if you're in hockey? You just have I'm not good seen that at the city I, national morning yeah. skates. I, I, well, I got new drills for well, you. Hold on. This definitely also feels like how a, a random person on every minor league baseball team can juggle because they're just sitting there screwing around. What else are they can do during rain delays? Come on. Right. So juggle. this definitely feels like, oh, practice was at 10. It's nine o'clock. Hey, throw me some pucks. Let me try to screw, try to poke them in. You need to practice it. You know, it happens like you get like three chances a season to do that. You got to be ready to go. Um, Phil Castle played his 1,000th game career, straight game, I should say. George McPhee gave a few night. prizes. All right. I need to know from both of you. You play your 1,000th game, straight game. You're getting honored on the ice before the game by your team. The owner of your team gives you a present. And that present is a wine bottle from his own wineries. From his own wineries. Uh, the wife would approve? <laughs> if I'm Phil Kessel, I'm a little bit offended. Well, he also got, they also gave him like a, a plaque or was it a trophy or a plaque? I mean, it was a, the Welcome to Las Vegas sign that said like Phil Kessel 1000 games. What the hell is he doing with that? And the 1000 was in the 1K. Yeah. What, what's he doing with that? He can take the, uh, his jersey from the game and frame it yeah. if he wants something from that. Now, that doesn't need a little cheesy Welcome to Las Vegas sign. No, I'm just saying that that very much to me felt like, oh, we forgot to get Phil something. Uh, Bill, can you get a glass or a bottle of wine from your winery? Really? That's all. I, like, you didn't have to pay for it. I, well, okay, but isn't that what the money on the contract is for? Like, you're already getting paid to play. Yeah, this is a gift. Right. So at this point, anything on top of that's gravy. The don't, the, no, I say don't give him a gift. This that that's a That's a cheap gift to give out. Maybe it comes uh, with a membership to the Foley Food and yeah. Wine Society. Yeah, it depends on uh, how nice the wine was. He might not be opening that, he might not on, be opening right. that bottle. We need someone. So wait, wait, wait. If it's a good gift, he's not going to even enjoy it. If I text, well, you can enjoy it later on, much later. Let it, let it, let it breathe. Also, I'm pretty certain the bottle they gave him uh, did not say 1,000. I think it said the number that he broke the streak at. 
It did. Nine, whatever yes, that number was. I so forgot. that's been sitting right in so, someone's car. So they absolutely they, in George forgot. McPhee's car in his in George McPhee's trunk. They absolutely <laughs> forgot that they needed to get him something, and it was uh oh, what can we get from Foley Family Wines? I'm just saying, like that's like like if you knew somebody that worked at a grocery store, and they got you a gift card to that grocery store, Smiths. Right. I mean, in the current economic climate, you'd be on be a <laughs> yeah, great present. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this has definitely got the feeling of you have a friend who works at McDonald's and they brought home some fries. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's what it looks like. I'm sure it's a nice bottle of wine. Well, like that's wine. what, that's, but, we need Ben Goats. Like, can we text him? Can, can we, can he do some investigative journalism and find out what is, what's the, like, type of wine that they gave Phil Kessel? Ben so would we probably can, get that in like two seconds. So that we can Google, yeah. like, the value. Now, you know who actually put in some really we good effort? We got him a $19 bottle of wine. The guy who actually put in some effort here, Phil Kessel's teammates. Did you see the jacket they got him? No. They got a custom jacket for Phil Kessel that's hilariously bad, but I hope he wears it anyways. It says, Phil the Thrill, across it, just in big letters. And then it has like 1,000 written on it a whole bunch of places. Almost looks like one zero codes. And then down the sleeves, it has... Every team that he's played for and the amount of games he played for each team. Yeah, that seems to very involved. And that that was effort. Like that nobody just put that together two days ago. Right. That took some time and effort. His teammates are on board. Meanwhile, the front office and the ownership is like, ah, we got a bottle of wine. That I hang up or frame. I'm yeah. not sure if I'm wearing this that. Oh, it's it's hilarious, like how ridiculous it is. Like you're only wearing it like out with the teammates to Make right. fun of it, effect essentially. But it's great. Like they put some thought and effort in this. It wasn't just, hey, grab a bottle of wine from the house. Incredible. So yeah, I thought that was a uh, Golden Knights could have done better to honor Phil Kessel. Maybe it's just not that big of a deal. Maybe it's not. All right, you guys ready to try to give away some money here? It's uh, Friday football frenzy. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center, we have eleven hundred dollars <laughs> to try to give away. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you three NFL games. You just need to pick the winner. Of each of those three games, if you successfully pick all three winners, you win $1,100. If you don't, all of that money rolls over to next week. We add 100 bucks, and somebody will have a shot at 1200 next week. All right. Phone number is 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number six right now at 702-364-1100. It really did. You know, just being here. You know, for the, for nine years and everything that we've all seen and and been through and it, some tragedies and all all the all the stuff, right? I, I'm so happy to hear that you know Mr. Davis feels that way. You know, I'm so happy that you know he loves Josh, he loves Dave, he believes in him, and it kind of just like gave us a breath, like yes, like let's just let's just get better. You know, let's just be let's work on being a better football team. Let's go try and win all these games. Let's go try and do all that, of course, but. Let's just be a better football team. And it kind of just let us know that the process, trust that process. Well, there is a process and we do have time during the season right now that we know like who our leader is and we know that we're rolling. And and, and that gives us confidence as a football team. So it absolutely, when he came out and did that, you know, like, thank, you know, thank goodness, you know, that kind of thing. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. It is Friday Football Frenzy. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center. We have $1,200. No, no, I lied. We have $1,100. If this goes poorly for Gabe, we will have $1,200 next week. We have $1,100 to give away because nobody has been able 
to win once this year. Here's what we got. We got three NFL games. Gabe is on the phone. Gabe just has to pick the winners of these three games. If he does that, Gabe's taking home $1,100. If he does not, all of that rolls over to next week. We add 100 bucks to it, and we'll try to give away $1,200. All right, Gabe, your first game is Browns at Bills. In Detroit. I will take the Bills. The Bills. Second game, Cowboys at Vikings. We'll go with the Cowboys. And your final game is Raiders at Broncos. We'll go with the Raiders. All right. right. So Gabe has Bills, Cowboys, Raiders. If all three win, Gabe, you're winning $1,100. If not, that'll all roll over to next week. Good luck, Gabe. Thank you very much. Take care, Gabe. Uh, as I told you two Gabe during the very break, excited about winning eleven hundred dollars. As I told you two during the break, um, three straight weeks, our listener has or our potential winner has picked the Raiders, and three straight weeks the Raiders have lost. So maybe it'll be different against hey, the Broncos. Hey, they're due. They're due. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I let's, guess. We'll ask. Uh, let's let's ask Ben Brown about like, hey, is is a team being due for a win? A thing. <laughs> So, Bills, Cowboys, Raiders, uh, Friday football frenzy, thanks to Dollar Loan Center. All right, Thursday night football last night, the Titans beat the Packers 27-17. Are the Packers done? Is at, it over? At is this it, point. Is this, is this the last we've seen of Aaron Rodgers they play, being They good? play the Eagles next week. But that's the part to me that's fascinating is it's kind of like if Aaron Rodgers became Aaron Rodgers again, I believe they can win the rest of their games this season and finish 10 and seven and be in the playoffs or maybe nine and eight's good enough to get in. But Aaron Rodgers sucks. Yeah. Like he fourth quarter last night, he missed multiple wide open receivers. Uh, one was on a third down one was on a fourth down, just guys that were open over the middle of the field. And he just missed them. Like not even close. This wasn't even like, ah, the receiver got a hand on it. Maybe could have helped him out and brought it down. This was, completely missed open receivers. And this is like the most accurate quarterback that we've seen play. The guy that can just throw off his back foot 30, 40 yards down the field, right where it needs to be. He's bad. Yeah. That's why I asked I mean, do you think it's over? Do you think he's done until we see him not suck? Yeah. Uh, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards this year. Right. Now one Which time, is, I mean, Degenerate Danny would have easily bet that prop that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers probably threw, did <laughs> through nine games would not have thrown for over 300 yards at all. I don't know. It's it's crazy how bad he looks, but there's still part of it where you're like, ah, if he gets it figured out, they'll be fine. But he doesn't even seem close. Like this doesn't even seem like, ah, yeah, they're close to it. Or like you can't even he was yelling at Matt LaFleur last week for whatever play calling or something in the fourth quarter. Is he dating a new actress? Is this where we're going? Is there a new actress involved? Or is he not dating a new or actress? Is he, I was going to say, or is he not dating? Has he been banned from using ayahuasca during the season? What if we find out he's just been talking to his family this year? Oh, uh, Jordan, right? Is it Jordan Rogers? Yeah, Jordan Rogers. The, the bachelor? Went to, went to Vandy. Yeah, was on The Bachelor. Bachelor? Or bachelorette, one of the two. Um, yeah, what if we just found out he's he's gotten a good relationship with his family this year? Well, you'd like My it to Tom Brady. My theory would be like so great. Would be so great if that was true. Um, all right. One other thing that happened this morning. Uh, Todd Downing, who is the offensive coordinator of the Titans, he got arrested for DUI this morning. Oh, my God. So After when, the game. So when I first saw it, I thought it happened after the game in Green Bay. It happened 
in Tennessee. So drinking on the plane? When he was driving home from the airport. Getting pounded on the plane. How much? With what? Yeah. How, he got that drunk on the plane? Well, you won the game. Yeah. You won the game. You're excited. Well, hold on. What, how far over the legal limit was he? <laughs> I do not know the answer to that question. Um, but he got uh, booked at like 4.30 in the morning and posted bail at uh, like 6.50 in the morning. So spent Mike Vrabel okay, had to come out of his house and come I down guess. and bail him out. I guess. Imagine that call if you're Mike Vrabel. Oh, it's just, your, just <laughs> one. It's from your offensive Winning coordinator. Winning Todd Downing. Now, it's not even like, ah, we got an irresponsible 24-year-old I mean, on the team. It's, oh, my offensive coordinator. Like, that's the highest ranking coach on my staff after me. I got to go pick him up from jail because he got a DUI. Unbelievable. Like okay, he couldn't have been the only one drinking on that plane though. So that, that means no, they got one. <laughs> yeah, they got one guy. There's no way he was the only one pounding all the alcohol after the win. I like to imagine he was. Well, you know that's just how coach celebrates. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine everybody Give him another. Else, we like to call it a problem. <laughs> everybody else was trying to sleep. Meanwhile, Todd Downing He's is down just in those, throwing it back. Those He's small like, little alcohol bottles see, on planes. Do you remember when Derek threw that pass? <laughs> I drew it. How long is the flight from Nashville, from Green Bay to Nashville? It's got to be longer than we think it is because they got to load all the equipment. Man, he's drinking four while they're hours. just sitting on the tarmac. tarmac. Yeah, three to four hours. No, it can't be that. The United States isn't that three. Tall. I'm, I'm thinking it's like two. I mean, nobody flies into Green Bay. Maybe they got snowed in or something. This, but okay, like, so I, I need to start the music soon. But as soon as I start the music, I'm on it. <laughs> Like I'm going to Google this flight. Distance. I don't even like. I don't even know if you're going to be able to find it because who flies into Green Bay? It's not a real place to fly to. Well, do you think they? What you're saying? They had to do. They had to do connections. They had to stop. That would be funny. Yes, they had to get off somewhere. It was a non-direct flight. Well, how long connect. do you think? It, how long do you think to drive there? Because I got the driving distance up. Uh, Nashville. You got to go into Wisconsin. So Green Bay guess, to Nashville. I guess nine hours. Ten hours, twenty-one minutes. <sighs> Close. Nashville's farther north than you think. Wow. Yeah, I can't find anything. Right. That... You don't fly into green. It's not a real city. I don't know why there's an NFL team there. It's not a real city. Oh, my gosh. I was so far off. I can't even find a nonstop flight. I was so far off. The flight from Green Bay to Wisconsin and Nashville, Tennessee is? Four hours? This, no. I, like I was 90 off, minutes. I was off the other way. But this is how great this guy got so drunk because he only had an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, I mean, he must have just been, give me another, give me another. I mean, how, how quickly did this guy get bombed? At least it's a short bye week for the Titans or long bye week, whatever you call it.